live from the Screaming Harry Armadillo Burrow at the Cincinnati Zoo, and brought to you by Meow Mix. So good, cats ask for it by name. Meow Mix. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 40, and we are recording on February 11th, 2012. And, Allie, why don't we still have theme music? I injured myself biting my tongue. Ouch. That sounds painful. So let's not dwell on that too long. Should we jump right into emails? Sure. Okay, I have the first one here. And the first one is from Dennis. And Dennis entitles his email, EQ, free to play, is it worth it now? Dear Ale, <laughs> I, th- I think he means Dear Allie. Hi, my name is Dennis, and I've been listening to EQ2 Talk now for a while and love it. Keep up the great work. Now, on to my questions. One, I just heard that EQ is going free to play, which I think is great. But with it being a 13-year-old game, will people come and play it? Two, I have never played EQ, but I do play EQ2 and love it but I heard that EQ is a lot harder to play and confusing. Is that true? And if so, what is the easiest way for someone new to the game to play it? Three, will you guys please go and do a review of EQ when it goes free to play and give the first timers a way to play the game, if you will? Four, I know you guys are an EQ2 podcast. Can you please also do EQ and EQ2 podcast together Or should I say, put EQ in the EQ2 podcast now that it's going free-to-play from now on? Well, that's it for now. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Dennis. P.S. Can you please read this on your next podcast? So, Allie, any comments for Dennis? Uh, I'll answer the P.S. Yes. Well, his first question is about EQ going free-to-play. And do we think people will come and play it? Uh, I have no doubt people will play it. No doubt at all. And and maybe they'll get some old players back, some former EQ players, you know, who want to come back and reminisce. I don't know. I I only spent four months there myself, so honestly, I don't really know anything about it, so I can't answer his questions about it being confusing and harder to play. Maybe you can answer that. Yeah, I do think a lot of veterans are going to come back and play EverQuest again now that it's free to play. Will they become subscribers? Don't know. Only time will tell. Will I go back? Absolutely. I think my real-life friends who started out in EQ as well will all go back again. We'll put the band back together, so to speak. I don't think we're going to become full-time players again. I don't foresee us playing every night the way we did when... EQ was all there was. I think there's a lot of competition in the marketplace, and a lot of us are now playing a lot of different games. Will it be fun to go back for a nostalgic point of view for a few nights and see what it looks like? Absolutely. But again, I haven't played in seven years. My tune is so far out of date and so far behind the curve, it would probably be almost impossible to catch up unless they did some form of 
welcome back veterans type program to get us up to speed to where the game is today. I'm countless expansions behind. As to whether EQ is harder than EverQuest 2, I'm going to throw out the old beauty is in the eye of the beholder type comment. For me who played it before, maybe not. But then again, I have no idea what changes have been going on in the past seven years. So yes, for me, there'll probably be some form of steep learning curve. I think for a brand new person off the street, yeah, again, it might be because it's so old and there's so much experience built into the game and whatnot. I don't know. It it, it depends. I, I think EverQuest is the granddaddy of them all to some degree. And I think a lot of people are going to come back. I don't know if they're going to stay. I don't think they will, but whether or not it's hard or easy for them, I think they're only going back for nostalgia, not necessarily because it's easy or fun to play. So uh, will you guys do a review of EQ when it goes free to play? Doubt it. How about you, Del? <laughs> I think we might chat about it. I don't foresee us going too far in depth. Again, I think I'm just going to go back for a nostalgic walk in the park. Will I play... I don't know. I don't know if walking in the park is defined as playing, really. I guess I could be talked into checking it out briefly, but that's as far as I'll go. I can't promise anything. So as far as doing uh, putting EQ in the EQ2 podcast, uh, don't think so. We may dabble in it, I think. that's. I don't know about we'll that. Go. Okay. I don't even want to dabble. All right, no dabbling. Because that requires playing. Stick your toe in? Well, that requires playing. Right. And I don't really have an interest in playing. Okay. I, I Maybe that'll change. I don't know. Well, Dennis, thank you very much for emailing us. Our next email comes from our old friend, Indebuff. And Indebuff writes, Hey, guys. Yes, I know I've not written as of late. Had to take a step back from the game as I was a bit disturbed by what was going on. Your last podcast echoed a lot of what I was feeling. Although I do have to disagree with Delmon a bit, I know that's a big surprise. I gravitate toward the housing aspect of the game and enjoy the quests, but I always listen to what was being said about the other aspects of the game, as the health of any game depends on all aspects being healthy, not just the one you gravitate to. I followed the raid comments and taking notice of the broken stuff in raid content going on and on with no fix, as well as the lack of new content being made. The health of the game requires that all aspects of the game are supported. This lack of content and over-support of Station Cash by SOE has even impacted the housing and trade skill area of the game. We're now seeing less content in-game and the stuff that should be made by the trade skillers being sold for Station Cash. It seems to quickly be turning into free realms for grown-ups, and that's not the game I really want to play. As for my disagreement with Delmon, while I totally understand where you're coming from and that the fact that SOE is reacting to stuff selling by glutting the market with more and more stuff, the fact is people should be able to buy the fluff and support the game they choose to play. The fault is not in people supporting the game, but in the people that run the company to do what is needed to keep the game healthy and not just run at the quick buck full force. I will use an example of this with something Rift does. That game really depends on a good population on a server to really make it fly. So instead of making server transfers a thing they profit off of, they're not only free, but instant. And this even includes moving your guild. This is an example of doing what's best for the game and not just about a quick buck. 
don't make players feel bad for buying a piece of fluff. They should be able to do that. SOE is the one responsible for how they support the game they produce. I've now stopped buying anything off of Station Cash, not because I find fault with it, but because currently this game is not something I care to support with extra dollars. It really all comes down to what SOE intends for this game in the future, and if they intend to continue to make this a great game or just milk it for whatever they can get. I suppose time will tell. Any thoughts, Del? Yes. It seems every time, at least to me, that Station Cash comes up, this seems to become a bit of a religious discussion. Yeah. Insofar as there's no right, there's no wrong, and all we seem to do is offend people on either side. I do think SOE intends to make EQ2 a great game. I just think they intend to make as much money off it as they can. Now, is that defined as milking it? I don't know. Again, I come back to they're going to sell it if people pay for it. It's as simple as that. It's, it's, it's simple capitalism, I guess, at its finest. That if they produce something and people keep buying it, they're going to make more of it because they're making money off of it. So I think if people feel that gameplay is getting slighted because of station cash and fluff items and appearance items and stuff like that, then I don't know. I guess you hit a company where it hurts the most and that's at its bottom line. So stop buying it. I, I, I guess I'm looking at it as you can't have it both ways. I still feel a little bit like there's, there's stuff we don't know. Like maybe the marketplace is keeping the game alive when if it weren't for the marketplace, we would be in the same boat as Star Wars Galaxies. Although that's not why Star Wars Galaxies closed or The Matrix. Now, I don't know. It's just a feeling that I have because I know the team loves the game. I know that. I don't know. I, I go back and forth on this. They have to make money, obviously. But I wonder if they're really getting rich off of the marketplace or if they're just staying alive and we, we may never know. Um, so I don't know. I guess I, I don't think anyone should feel bad for buying fluff if that's what they really want. Um, I personally feel bad because I don't, I feel dirty every time I buy something off the marketplace. I feel like I'm violating my own mantra, I guess. So maybe I need to change my mantra because I'm not living up to it. You make an interesting point there when you say that are they making tons of cash off station cash? And I guess you're right. I have this envision of them sitting around drinking the finest champagnes and eating caviar all day on the backs of fluff items. You know, sitting up on high thrones with uh, more bling than Mr. T had on. And that's probably not true. No, I would imagine it's more along the lines of, well, we can have real meat in our hamburger helper tonight. <laughs> right, right. So I guess, you know, it's easy to envision that that glut and, and, and overindulgence easier than it is to think, well, maybe they're just, this is just another way to, to in, in, in put some income in, into the game. And, and when, you, when you are that uh, King Louis XIV rich vision, it's easy to make it seem evil. 
and you know on the backs of the peasant player type of thing. <laughs> but it's that's probably again that's probably not true. I would wager a guess that is not true. Right, but it's certainly an easy image to conjure up. Of course it is because, because you know if you feel a certain way, the opposite way of thinking must be evil. Correct, and and it's on your blood, sweat, and tears that all this is oh, happening. Of course, of course. But again, I guess you know, uh, probably speaking realistically, it, it is another revenue stream. If you are so opposed to that revenue stream, like I am, then don't participate. Uh, you know, you, you say you feel a little dirty, and I and I can understand that. You know, there's this CD under the covers you know, late at night with a flashlight type thing, maybe with station cash for some people. And, and that's okay. Uh, maybe you still want to keep it as a skeleton in your closet and, and that's okay. Uh, but I think it's not fair then to come out with uh, the, the pickets and the signs and marching around the building saying, just say no to station cash. If you're kind of still doing it in the privacy of your own home, if you know what I mean. Right, right, right. Don't go complaining about McDonald's if you're going to go sneak out and buy their fries later. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what? Station Cash is here, and it's here to stay. Every Tuesday, there are going to be new things that get up on the... No, no. Wednesday now. Oh, is it when, it's now Wednesday? it's Wednesday. Okay. They just changed it. I don't know why, but they did. Fair enough. Whatever day it is, there's Station Cash Day, and the new stuff comes out. And I'm sure people are... Looking for it and buying it. Uh, yeah. Do I look at the, the write-ups and say, Puck Shaw, I'm not buying that either? Yes, I do. I still look at it, but I don't purchase it. I, I think it's, it's, it's a personal choice. And I think it's not right or it's wrong. It all depends on what you as the individual think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And we just have to get used to it. It is, though, it is very much a religious discussion or like a political discussion almost. And it, it is almost impossible to talk about without offending somebody or pissing somebody off. Hopefully, we haven't pissed off any of our six listeners. Yeah, it would be a shame to have to drop down to five. <laughs> Again, no. Okay. Our third email comes from our buddy Sprouts, and Sprouts entitles his email, Rodeo Doctor versus the Amish. I think that's probably Rodeo Drive. Oh. That makes, you're right. Makes a little more sense. Although a Rodeo Doctor, what do you think? I think a Rodeo Doctor might um, be the guy who comes in and, oh, maybe he's the guy who helps the clown who's been, like, booted in the face by Angry Bull. Yes, yes. <laughs> Knocked off the nose. <laughs> the big red nose off the clown. Do they still wear those? I think so. Okay. But that's no bull. Hello, all. I enjoyed your discussion on buying your appearance. I, for one, even though being a silver member, do not buy appearance items. I do use the appearance tab in-game, but I use it to display what I've earned in-game, even if sometimes they aren't overly my style. For instance, Sprouts is proudly displaying her Cloak of the Harvester. I worked hard to get that, and it will be on display. Other items I enjoy are specific event items. Turk enjoys riding his glacial rhino mount that he earned during the Dragonspire event. I guess for me, I like displaying what I've earned in-game. It's my way of showing what I've accomplished or what I've been part of. 
I think that is more rewarding than achievements. I don't look at others' achievements, so I deem that no one does. If I see someone wearing something unique, or they have a unique mount, I'll check it out or ask them about it. Since Turk and Sprouts have been asked about their mounts, and I have never been asked about an achievement. I feel my above declaration is right. All right, before I trail too far off the beaten path, those are my thoughts on appearance items. One last thing. I believe the wings are stupid. <laughs> but if it is making money to support the game, I guess that is the silver lining to see trolls fly. See you all in Norath. Signed, Turk and Sprouts the Dynamic Duo. So, Allie, any comments on what Turk and Sprouts write? Sure. Uh, I don't think we need to rehash the whole Station Cash thing again. Um, but I did like the one comment that he had about achievements. He said, since I don't look at others' achievements, then I believe nobody else does either. And I have to agree with that. I don't look at other people's achievements either. I have, I think, maybe twice ever just to see what other people see when they inspect me. But when you do the little inspect window, all that comes up is the character window. There are little tabs on it, which you can click over to. But how many people actually click over to the tabs? I, I don't think they do. I mean, I, I only inspect someone generally to look at their gear. So I, don't, I think he's right. I don't think people look at achievements. Uh, we look at our own achievements. But I think it would be a great thing if we could have a way to look at each other's achievements or to have it be displayed without having to go look it up. Because I think that's what we're talking about here. It, it is available, but it's not something that you ordinarily see because you have to go out of your way to find it. What do you, what do you think, Del? I agree. I certainly have checked out people's appearance items more than I have checked out their achievements. I will say I know a few people who are probably high up on that list, so I have scoped them out to see where they rank against me because, again, as I've said, uh, it's all about the EP. I, I think leaderboards. I mean, I, I don't think achieve, checking out somebody's achievements in-game are all that great. If and when EQ2 players relaunches, and they have leaderboards maybe, then I'll certainly be checking those out to see where I rank against other people and where they rank against me. So I, you're right, I agree. Uh, achievements are not something I check out in-game. If there was a third-party way to do it outside of game, that's where I would be looking for it, I think. What if there was some tie-in with the supposedly launching soon uh, new player site? to tie into the welcome screen. Absolutely. I always, I've always thought that the welcome screen would be a great place for that, don't you? Yeah, I do. And we have talked about that in the past. And, I mean, that would be in your face as soon as you log into game. That would be a really good way to use the welcome screen instead of just having it be something that you hit escape out of before you go, <laughs> before you go about your business. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can see logging in and seeing in there, you know, maybe there is the, the ranking of the day. One day it's achievement points, one day it's highest magical hit, one day it's it's mitigation or something like that. And it showed maybe the top ten people and then where you are. And you, that's your, as you always say, Ali, that kapow moment. Yeah. Oh, my God, I was third, now I'm fourth. 
well, son of a bee, I got to get out there and do something to get back up that leaderboard again. I, I think competitive juices is something that EQ2 should be taking more advantage of than it is. I think that would get people coming back, playing regularly, and playing more and buying more potentially because the more you're around, the more likely you are to spend. So I, I think that's something that they haven't really tapped into, and I think it would do a world of good for the game, especially its longevity. I would agree. And wouldn't it be cool if that welcome screen were tailored to your server? Like, the people, you know, you've already got your friends list that shows up there. So have, have like, the top whatever on unrest, most quests completed or whatever. And then right next to that, maybe you've got some kind of, like, raid level something going on. I don't know. The most recent first-time kill or something like that on the server. Absolutely. I've always thought the welcome window, and I think we've talked about this, like you say, in the past, if it had more of a customizable side to it where I could put my own applets in there, be it a leaderboard, be it my friend's window, be it my guild window, uh, be it what's new in the marketplace, uh, whatever. If, if I could customize it kind of like an iGoogle interface where I could design my own layout to that window and bring the information that I'm most interested to the forefront when I log in, I think that would be great. I, I think that was their intention. It kind of sounds like it was one of those projects that kind of sounded good but maybe never got any legs and ran mm. when, it, when it came time to putting development resources towards it, which is unfortunate. But I, I always thought the welcome window had a huge amount of potential, more so than what it is today. It's a static window. Well, maybe in a couple of years. Maybe. Maybe a couple more after that. Who knows? Anything could happen. We have Beast Lords. That is true. Speaking of Beast Lords, we rolled some Beast Lords, didn't we, for a little noob experiment? We did. We did. We noobed it up. So what did you roll, Del? I mean, I know you rolled a Beast Lord. What uh, race? I rolled a Karen, actually, and that was a tribute, I guess you could say, to my Valshir from EverQuest 1 days. I had a Valshir Beast Lord with a uh, Tiger Kitty pet or warder, I guess, is the correct term. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I'll make another one. And I did the same thing that I did with uh, Delmon. I took his name and split the syllables and reversed their order. Wow. That sounds really complicated. So it's probably an unpronounceable name, isn't it? No, it's actually very pronounceable. It's okay. very pronounceable. Well, I rolled a free blood because I can, and it was there. And I figured, why not? It sounds cliche. Let's roll a free blood beast lord. Now, did you find that you took advantage early on of any of the free blood abilities? I honestly have no clue. I have no clue what I'm doing. I have no clue what anything is. I'm just going along blindly like a true noob. Well, maybe not a true noob. Maybe a true noob. Like a true maybe like an eight-year-old noob where I'm just sort of going along. I'm not actually reading anything. I'm not looking anything up. I'm just killing stuff. Yeah, I had somewhat of the same difficulties. I guess you could say I was kind of an unrung bell noob. We can't be noob all over again, but we are new to the Beast Lords. And I have to be honest, I did not know what the heck I was doing half the time. And I had a hard time when I was preparing this 
was separating the what's noob versus what's new beast lord for myself. And it was a bit of a struggle. One of the very first things right off the bat that I was kind of challenged by, although I quickly got over this, was when I made him as a level one, and I immediately looked into the storylines tab, I started out in Halas because it had a really rich quest line and I thought it would be easy to do. I noticed right off the bat in the storylines tab uh, Great Divide and Eastern Wastes, which are clearly level, what, 85 and 90 locations, are listed in the storylines at level one. Uh, I think that is a bug uh, not a feature. Uh, so I thought that was a little distracting for somebody who might be brand spanking new to the game that they think, oh, let me run off to Great Divide right now if I if I could find it. Yeah, that is odd, and I'm sure that's just a mistake. The next thing that struck me most odd when I was starting out was you're presented with that quest uh, to get to level 20 within 14 days. Yeah, yeah. Child, please. It, it took me three and a half hours to get to level 20. Maybe I'm too much of a veteran, but that did not seem to be any amount of effort. Did you have any problems getting to 20? Around here we say, girl, please. Um, well, I didn't get level 20 right away. In fact, I had to make an effort to complete that quest because I was finding myself not playing the Beast Lord because I was busy doing other things on my other characters. So, you know, when you have so many alts, it's very hard to carve out the time. So I wasn't really a true noob in that sense. So, you know, in in this experiment, I mean, I did the best I could, but, you know, raiding interrupted and trade scaling interrupted and real life interrupted. So if I were a true noob, I think I would start my character and, you know, sort of start playing right away. Uh, where I actually just started my character and then went back to Allie. And then I came back to the, the, the Beast Lord and, and leveled a little bit, I think six levels maybe. And then I put it away for like a week. And then I realized, you know what? I better hurry up and get to level 20 so I can finish that quest because I don't want to miss out on any points. So I I came back and got up to, I think, 14. So it was like three, maybe four sessions before I got to level 20. It certainly wasn't three hours. I mean, it may have been eight hours of gameplay. Okay. But it was in four sessions. So, you know, not your typical noob, I think. But you, you found it go by really quickly, huh? Yeah, it flew by. I would say in my first play session, I got to level 14, and I was already out of vitality. And at that point, I was still... For folks who are familiar with Halas, I was still out at the Great Shelf. So I wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. Maybe we had the experience from when we did our Show Us Your Noobs the first time around. So I knew you started at one area, then you took the boat over, you did the quest hub there, then you moved to the next quest hub. I was familiar with all that. I knew where all the mobs were. I knew where all the drops that I needed were. So I, I didn't have to spend a lot of time in exploration mode. I was just playing. And I think for players like us who have been around the block, getting from, say, even, let's say, level 1 to level 5, we talked about EverQuest 1 being impossible. I can remember what it was like to, to just to get to level 5 in EverQuest way, way back in the day. I mean, today that took all of 15 minutes, I think. I, I think you you kill your first crab or something or your first orc or whatever it is, and you're already level 3. 
before you even know it. You, you haven't yeah. done anything yet. You move forward, you're level two. Exactly. <laughs> now, we both probably had the added benefit of having multiple level 90 tunes. I think I have three on this account. Yeah, I have two level 90 adventurers. So I'm getting a little bonus, too. But I don't know. I don't know. I still don't really get it. I don't think I know anything about the Beast Lord, really, to be honest. I mean, I just started uh, playing with that savagery thing. And I don't know. Up until maybe whatever was level 16, I felt like I was playing any class. Who cares? You know, it's just the same as any other class, pretty much. But then that little paw thing came up and I'm like what's this and trying to figure it out I still don't really get it I mean I've kind of got the basics it seems like you know you build up some kind of whatever um, with your stuff on the left hand side in order to be able to get more bang for your buck on the right hand side does that sound about right? Correct uh, my, my first moment of I don't know what to do for me occurred at level 10 the, the level 10 overload, because we got pop-ups about both AAs and warders, and we get that, that information screen that comes up. Now, what irked me the most about that was I was fighting when that happened. I had obviously overpulled mobs, and I had to kill several of them. And now I've got these, these parchment-looking things up on my screen masking a lot of what's going on, and I'm trying to read that, while fight and not die. I, I found that to be extremely annoying. Did you have that? No, nah, I just click through stuff. I don't read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, guess, man, I was trying to read because I wanted to understand how to play the beast, but I've heard they're very involved classes and there's a lot going on with them. So I'm trying to read up on what a warder is uh, in the help, in the documentation that I have to say I'm always complaining doesn't exist. And now it finally did exist, so I was trying to read it. Uh, but I found it to be very distracting, and I didn't know if I closed those windows, if I ever have any chance to bring them back. I don't know. I, I don't think there is. Uh, but I was very afraid of closing that window and losing that information forever. And that really bothered me. And I'll tell you, I think if I was a true noob, I would be panic-stricken. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the big, huge screen with all the different colored text on it that says, you know, it's that's obviously like the helper window, you know, that little dummy helper window with all the pictures and stuff. Yes. The, that big, huge screen that pops up. Well, there's the one for Beast Lords, which comes up and it gives you the basic overview. But if you're in the middle of something, you have to close it. If you're in the middle of fighting. Right, right. Because it totally gets in the way. The little purple pop-up ones, the question marks, those yeah. I kind of closed. I mean, the ones that warned me, uh, you're running out of food, you're out-leveling your gear. The, those little ones, what an A. Those I knew about, uh, and, and I'm, you know, being a veteran, we understand those. But it was those big brown, gray-looking ones that you were talking about there mm -hmm. uh, that I really wanted to read because they talked about Beast Lord stuff on them. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I guess I should read all that stuff. But I don't know. Part of me feels like it should be a little self-explanatory. Like, can't we just mouse over something that's there? And I mean, I don't want to have everything, all the information beyond that helper screen. And then I, I understand it and then I close it. Right. And then I move on. And then later I realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did that say? Was it that you have to build up to 100% before you can spend anything on the right? Or is it a 
you know, does 80% work just as well as just you don't get as much power from it. And then there's no way to look it up. Maybe there needs to be a way to bring those things back up because I want to use them as reference now that I've seen it a little bit more and now that I see the buttons and I see them go green at times and I want to click them. I'm clicking them, but I don't know necessarily know why I'm clicking them. If I could go back to that documentation again as a reference to say, okay, now that I see what you're maybe talking about, let me read, read it again or read it for the first time maybe to get the full explanation of it. Although maybe it is there, like in the help menu or something. I haven't looked, to be honest. Uh, you're right. And I, I wouldn't look in help, and I would never have thought to look in help because help has never helped me before, <laughs> which is which is a shame. I've built up that, well, it's never helped me before. Why would I go back there again type of mentality? But sort maybe like, I should be. Sort of like you don't look at tooltips anymore ever. Exactly. Because they don't do anything. They don't they, tell they, you anything. They, they, I got burned by them in the past. Why would I go back again? <laughs> Especially when it was never called out that says, if you need this stuff again, go look in help. It could be there. It could be for all I know. But uh, I don't know. I, I I wish things were a little bit more self-explanatory, but I guess that would involve it being simpler. And I am generally not a proponent of simpler. So I'm going to just not complain about that. Uh, now, you talked about savagery a moment ago. Mm-hmm. I've been having a hard time with savagery. Me too. I, I can't seem to get it to build up because I think mainly stuff is dying too quickly for me. And I can't get to the next mob to get it engaged w- without the thermometer going back down on me. So just tab over to another mob and send your pet to it. Or your warder, sorry. Okay, I haven't been doing that. I, I have to say I've been trying to pull them ranged over to my pet or ward, or I did it again. Uh, pull them to me as opposed eh. to going to them. Eh, I send the pet in, the warder. Okay. I send it in. I send. I tab over. I send in the warder to attack, and then I go closer. And then when it's about halfway, I'll pull the next one, or I'll you know send my pet onto the next one, and just keep on doing that. You know, and then I've got like six of them on me. And then at some point, I can kill them all really fast because I have all the savagery built up. You know, and I, I, I tried to do that, but I think I fell down. And I think maybe now I know why I fell down doing that. I, I died many times trying that. I oh. actually tried that technique in the Dead River Basin there in Thundering Steps. You know, there's that, can be, dead. That, that can be a deadly place. It, it certainly was. And I think what wasn't helping me was I kind of raced through all the Halas content. I said I was following the storylines. Well, I didn't click on every feather. So maybe I don't have a full set of gear at this point. And certainly along the way, I'm still fighting with Apprentice Ones. I have yet to see a Beast Lord Adept drop. And whenever I went up to the broker, they were outrageous. I'm surprised by that. I've gotten at least five or six adepts, adept upgrades, and I've gotten at least one master, if not more than one. And I'm level 21 now. What level is your beast lord? He is 31 now. Okay. I am shocked by that. I really am shocked by that. Maybe it's because you left that area and you didn't spend enough time or something. Maybe you didn't kill enough mobs that were 
not for some particular purpose. I mean, I was just kind of ambling through and killing a lot of stuff. I had thought back in the day they had said that they had increased the drop rate for your class for adepts leading up to level 20. But mm-hmm. like I said, I think in the whole time I've been playing him to 31, I could count on one hand uh, or one paw, pardon the pun, the amount of adepts that I've even seen drop, period. And none of them have been for me. I think there's been one piece of gear that was agility based that dropped for me that I didn't receive as a quest reward. Uh, maybe I'm the most unluckiest beast lord out there, but uh, I got nothing. I got squat on me, really. I think you just haven't killed enough stuff. That's what I think. Okay, maybe I did myself a disservice by moving forward so quickly. Yeah, and I started. I mean, I started in Dark Light Wood. Um, and every time I saw a named, I killed it every time, even if it was a repeat, because, you know, you might get a master. Okay, sure, sure. I, I just, every time I saw Echo, whatever his name is, Echo, that ghosty bat, I mean, if it was still green, I killed it every okay. time without fail. And, uh, you know, those chests that drop probably are going to end up being an adept at least. And, and if it's below level 20... It's or even higher, I think it's probably for your class. So um, I think you just didn't kill enough stuff. Okay, and and I will say too, I probably then did myself yet another further disservice. In all the time we've been playing EverQuest two, I have never betrayed ever mm-hmm. any of my tunes. So I said, finally, dang it, this is the time I'm going to do it. So when I finished Halas, uh, all the new Halas stuff, I decided to betray to Freeport. Because I wanted to go over there, check out the new Freeport, the City of Freeport Zone that they redid in the last game update, and check out these new quests that they're talking about that everybody's raving about. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. So as soon as I finished, I got through there about level 20. I promptly started the Betrayal quests. And uh, if there's one word I can use to describe Betrayal quests is a lot of running. My God, I ran all over creation, killing things and getting this guy stuff and knocking over jars and barrels and chests and whatnot in, in the villages and, and kinos. All the while, I'm leveling because I'm running into disco areas or I'm having to kill uh, mobs for betrayal that are awarding achievement as well. I literally think I went from level 20 to level 30 just doing betrayal quests. And again, not getting any rewards from them because none of those quests uh, had drops. So again, maybe I was doing myself a bad thing there as well. Mm. Foolishly, as I was telling you, Allie, the other day, I started Betrayal before I picked up a horse. Oopsie. Yeah, yeah well, that wasn't so bright. And uh, then, of course, because you, you don't get your Leaper until level 30, uh, so I had to do a lot of running. When I say I ran all over creation, I really mean it. Uh, I spent three nights, I think, just running around to various places and then having to run all the way back because I didn't have an evac yet. Well, let me ask you this. Are you opposed to taking advantages of the Delmon effect, the fact that you exist and you're a veteran player and using some of your rewards? Yeah, I am. I really, okay. you know, that's kind of a, that's well, a, again, one of those moral religious discussions we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Then don't complain about running. So too bad. No, I'm only TFB. complaining. I'm only complaining that I didn't use my knowledge that I'm that I'm OK with using okay. Uh, to get the horse before I started betrayal. Uh, it but was that just would, that annoying. would cost plat, though. 
Uh, but you're also opposed to spending. Uh, yes. Well, I, I so. think every tune should stand on their own, and that's why I don't have a depth. You go to the broker, and a level 10 Beast Lord adept was selling for 25 gold. And I'm that's like, not very much. It, it is when you have eight silver to your name. Okay, well, TFB. All right. Yes, yes, I do have a warped way of, of leveling characters, uh, and it is my own pain. I, I, am, I am causing this pain myself by my own requirements. Uh, oh, Dell. But it was a challenge. Put your bitch in. You know, you get a reward for being a subscriber. There is a 12-month subscription reward that includes a horse. Well, now I have a leaper, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, well, okay. Well. Finally finished that, so. Okay, well. So uh, for myself, I found a few things that stood out to me. Not so much with the Beast Lord, like the savagery issue besides that. Okay. All the rest of this stuff is kind of still like noob-esque. One of them was uh, by the time I was, before I was even level 10, my bags were overflowing with rares. Rare harvests. Uh, you were harvesting along the way. Well, yeah. I mean, there were nodes and I clicked them. <laughs> and it was like the second... The second harvest, I pulled a rare. Like, holy moly. Six, I think I had six rares. I mean, so then I had to go make some boxes on Alley because I had nowhere to put all my junk. So I ended up doing that. And maybe that's why I'm only level 21. But I'm not going to complain. I'm just commenting. It seems like rares are not rare at all. Um, another thing I found difficult is the fact that transmuting, which I try to do right off the bat, you run out of stuff to transmute. So you have to make a real effort. You can't transmute along the way. You have to make a real concerted effort to be able to level that up as you go, which I think requires level locking at some point, maybe at level three, <laughs> to farm adepts that you can tr then transmute so that you can skill up along the way just to keep up with the, the quest reward turnaround. Now, those are two things I didn't invest any time with on the Beast Lord, uh, transmuting or harvesting, because for me, I looked at it as, well, I already know how to do those. Dell is already an expert at harvesting, and he can transmute uh, anything that's necessary. So uh, I didn't do any of that secondary stuff uh, on the Beast Lord. I just Beast Lorded. Well, and the other thing that was confusing to me uh, was the the AAs. I don't have a clue how you get AAs for your warder at all. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look stuff up at some point. Uh, I was trying to not do that and just see if it came, you know, if it became obvious. But I don't get it. I don't know how to get AAs of my warder. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna have to spend a little time on. Um, some websites and figure it out. Now, speaking of AAs, let's talk traditional AAs, not water specialization points, but the, the traditional AAs. Have you been spending those along the way? Uh, yes, I believe so. And Do I know what I'm doing? Not really. Okay. I, I did, did you have a strategy that you were using when you were assigning them? No. Okay. I read the first thing and, you know, well, what should I do? I should put it in this first tree and there's only one place to put it for now. So I did that until I could go to the next choice. And then I read the options and I picked whichever one seemed the most beneficial. 
what I did was I went up to EQ2 Flames, found the Beast Lauder recommended AAs, took the first guy who posted and said, fine, he posted first, so he must know what he's doing. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's one way to go. I have done that on tunes that I feel I'm going to do something with. I have a brigand that I just, I'm so clueless about what to do. I did some research and I found some people on flames who seem to know what they're talking about. Everything they say makes sense. And I modified a little bit of, of what they suggested. And I laid out a path for myself on the brigand. I did no such thing on the beast Lord. I'm just reading in game and putting points in what seems to make sense. And I figure, you know, if I make a mistake, I can always undo it later. Yeah, that was my strategy as well. I can always fix this later. And you look at the AA screen, especially as a new player, uh, for the first time playing that class, and i got to tell you, they all look awesome. They all look like I could use any one of them. I I think I ended up going down the strength line initially to get crit chance high because, well, crit chance is cool at low levels. The more you can crit, the more damage you can do type of thing. And that's something that you're not going to see a lot of at lower levels. So that was my strategy. Again, it was just because some other dude on the Internet said so. And I'm like, well, who am I to debate him? Uh, he seems like he knows more than me, and I, and I went with that. Uh, has it served me well? Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What, what would be successful? Uh, I'm level 31, and I kind of still don't know what I'm doing half the time. And I have no adepts, and I have crappy gear at the same time. <laughs> I'm living through most things. Uh, I ran into a heroic uh, in one of the Freeport quests. He mopped the floor with me three times. So I got mad, and I logged off. <laughs> That's how it went. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. I guess I should feel good that I'm still in Dark Light Wood and in the safety of the noob zone. Yeah. I, again, I wonder if I've really done myself a disservice by going so quickly. Maybe I should have heeded my own advice where I say, stop and smell the roses. Maybe I should have done more things and not just kept, I don't want to say power leveling because I certainly didn't power level in a traditional sense. You know, power leveling myself through it, though. You know, just pushing through these levels. Well, I have a suggestion for you. Take all your stuff on the Beast Lord, sell it, send the plant to Delmon, delete the character, and start over again. That's a great idea. Uh, you know, that's although that is what I did with our original show, your noobs characters. I ran them over to the bank, sold everything I had, and gave Del the fourteen silver or something that I had because that was important. Uh, you know, and maybe I do need to do that again and, and, and start this experiment all over again and try to spend more time doing more things uh, and not just hailing uh, the next thing in the storyline because the storylines tab don't give you all the quests from a quest hub. They only give you one line of them. Mm. I have never followed storylines other than uh, the original Show Us Your Noobs experiment. I find the storylines a bit lacking in usefulness. Yeah. yeah, And kind of pointless. It, 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 shows you, it shows you some zones, but it doesn't show you everything in the zone that I should be taking advantage of. And certainly it didn't do that in New Halas. And, and I'm thinking maybe even now New Halas is not the place to start. Like, I think you did the right thing. You started over in Nariac, and I should have done it there so that way I'm already on the evil side and can get into Freeport. I blew 10, I think 10 levels during betrayal so that I could get into Freeport. Maybe I would have spent 
more time playing my character and not worrying about getting into Freeport to play him uh, and, and in the process leveling him. Well, I mean, you know, there's always, it's not like the end of the world. You can always re-roll. I, I don't see it. It's just an alt demo. I know, I know. I, know. It's, I tried so hard to stay alive, too. I, I had this thing idea of, oh, I'm going to make this a permadeath character, too. I'm going to mm-hmm. live the whole way to 90. Oh, don't you always think that, though? I always feel like, oh, I'm not going to die in this tune. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the only wizard on the server that's never died. Where'd you die first? Uh, probably. I don't remember. I was I in common lands. I overpulled. I don't honestly. I don't remember. Uh, I remember mine. I got greedy in the orc caves down there under the water. I saw her name. Oh, I can handle him. I can kick this dude's ass. Apparently not. He mm. planted me pretty damn quickly. I'm like, dude, Warder, where'd you go? I, meanwhile, he's off like pulling three other orcs. I'm staying there with my awesome App Ones and the cloak that I got. That's all I've got uh, that I'm wearing. And he he mopped the floor with me. It was horrible. I'm sorry. I cried a little. I, and then I also got pissed and logged off right then and there too. But <laughs> there was a lot of logging off. I don't know if you got that thing because I, I, I died and I didn't know what I was doing. And it, that made me mad. I've noticed the theme. A lot of logging off. Uh, yeah, because you know what? You were talking about this a little earlier, and I, I kind of flushed it out a, a little bit more in my in my notes here. Uh, what I found with, during the Beast Lord is that my play style kept changing. We talk about this in, in other tunes where you play one way from level 1 to level 89, and then all yeah. of a sudden 90 becomes different. I yeah. found the Beast Lord was very much like that as well. Uh, from level 1 to 10, everything is tank and spank. Then well, everything is the same as a- any other any other thing, right? Right, exactly. Then all of a sudden at 10, you get waters. So from 10 to 16, I play like a pet class. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, water slash pet, go kill that, and I'll stand here. All right, done. Come back. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden at level 16, you get this savagery bar popping up and this paw that's hit you in the in the face every few moments that you're trying to mash buttons for. So now I'm playing with savagery from level 16 to level 30, then all of a sudden, this new thing, Affinity, comes up, and please don't ask me what Affinity oh, was. Oh, well, I haven't gotten that far yet. Don't exactly. Don't ruin it for me. Don't I, ruin it. There's this new thing that seems to start at level 30 that I don't understand either. I, very much like you start playing, and then it transitions, and it transitions. Maybe it's growing, and you're supposed to be growing and getting better as you level up so that you don't have that overwhelming feeling that you do day one with if they give you all your abilities. Uh, but I kept feeling like every so often I was changing the way I played the game Again, much like we've talked in the past. So you're talking about affinity. What exactly? I mean, I know you said you're confused, but what can you give me a like a one word description? Uh, I thought I told you don't ask me about it because I don't. <laughs> I know, but I mean, can you give me some clue as what's coming down the road? What is it like? Favor? Is it like uh, honestly? Faction? Honestly, I, I hate to say it sounds horrible, and it sounds like I didn't do my homework. I, I had just gotten it. And then I died fighting this heroic, and I logged off. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you must have logged off. <laughs> I did. I did. I barely read the screen for it and was, again, overwhelmed with it and said, okay, Affinity. I, I kind of chalked it up to, I got to research that later type of thing. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe it's my, my personal learning skill. I like to dabble with something, then go to training about it so that I kind of understand the training. When you're reading the screens and they're talking about all these buttons, well, I don't know what these buttons look like. I haven't clicked any of them yet. I, I haven't seen any of them. 
I wish I had a chance to play with them before they explained it. And maybe that's why I wish we could go back and read that documentation after the fact. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think a lot of people are like that. You want to, you know, it's harder to learn something when it's in the abstract. But when you have hands-on experience that, you know, I've been pushing these buttons for a while and it seems like it's doing this and then you get an explanation, then it makes a lot more sense. Right, right, because you maybe already you've already got the concept. Now you're getting the specifics and the oh, it also does this by the way too and you're like, "Oh yeah, now that makes sense" type of thing. Mhm. I guess I haven't been getting that because I've been overwhelmed with all that information up front again. Well, there was something that I ran into that is an old annoyance for me, but it was made even worse with the Beast Lord. I, I, I'm sure you've heard me complain in the past about this whole pet name business. And it, it struck me again because we have, uh, I've raided with a Beast Lord. <laughs> And I am even more annoyed with the pet name random thing now than ever. Because Beast Lords, I know you get each warder is actually a new a new pet name. So like if you were to rename the the the, the bovine, okay? Fine. Every, everything's been renamed now in that line. But once you get a new warder, like a, a bear or something, it's going to be another random name. So, you know, in order for you to not have it be some random name, which is a huge pet peeve for me, and I'll explain that in a minute, you have to right-click the pet and choose pet name or pet options or whatever it is, as opposed to typing slash pet name and then typing in the name, the warders are treated slightly differently. And I don't know, maybe negros and conjurers are the same, but um, I, I don't know. I find this whole pet name random thing extremely annoying because when you're raiding with somebody who has a pet who doesn't use the pet naming convention that the rest of the world has come to agree to, which is name your pet after yourself so you don't clog up the parse. So when you're raiding with somebody who doesn't do that, it's so irritating because you end up with this purse at the end of the night that's like 500 lines long because there are all these random pet names in there that are total – and it doesn't help anybody because I can't even see how much DPS you're doing because you have 50 different pets under you and they all have different names. So name your pet after yourself for the love of tidiness, please. I love that for the love of tidiness. <laughs> Just can't take it anymore. I mean, it, it's making me crazy. I look at the parse at the end of the night, and I swear, I am like, yeah, I could be throwing things across the room. Then I'll be logging out. <laughs> yeah, did you rage quit right after that? <laughs> uh, one, one last comment I, I guess I have about my 1 through 31 Beast Lord experience. At this point, it's a term I've been using over and over again. Uh, the one word I would use to describe it is is, is overwhelming. And I wonder if I myself am just an old dog that you can't teach new tricks to. I'm used to playing EverQuest 2 a certain way, and we didn't have these additional hot bars and extra buttons and all that sort of thing. So maybe I'm struggling with it because I'm used to playing the way we've always been playing. And because the Beast Lord is different from that, there's so much more going on with him. I'm struggling with it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe other people are picking this stuff up. 
Uh, I, I don't know, but I, you know what? I think, Ellie, I am going to do what you suggested. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do a Beast Lord uh, 2.0 or something. I, I'm going to have to delete this guy and start all over again uh, and, and try it again and, and try to go through it uh, in a more slower method, I guess, and well, try to learn I, it more along the way. Let me suggest that you start as an evil class. I mean, if you intend to go to Freeport, I mean, if, if betraying is something you want to do, not again. Okay. Well, maybe you should just start on the evil side. Because if you if you want to do the Freeport stuff, you might as well just start on the on the evil side. Yeah, I really should have. I, I went the Hallis route because I thought that would be easier. Uh, but I think that's come back to bite me. You know, I've never had an evil character, really. Uh, and certainly not since the since the revamp of the city of Freeport. So I really want to check that out and see what it was like and go through some of those new revamp quests that they put in there. And I, and I think you're right. I think I would start over in there in Darklight Woods uh, and, and go through that line again because that was, that was well done as well. It didn't have you randomly running all over the place. Uh, it, it had a nice smooth progression of, of quests uh, and, and gear for rewards and stuff like that. It's relatively smooth. It does get a little weird. You know, you can tell when the game switched gears a little bit and, you know, you're sent into Common Lands for something and then you've already you see you've already grayed out some quests once you get to common lands sure sure so it's not quite perfectly smooth but i don't know there's so many quests in the game of course you're going to gray out a bunch of stuff so um but it's pretty good it's pretty good and and it's nice and consolidated i mean darklight wood is is isn't you know a bunch of crazy trees and paths and ups and downs and you know, it's it's easy enough. You don't have to go on elevators or, you know, bridges or anything. <laughs> and, you know, you don't have to be running. I mean, it's not as huge as Hallis. So it's it's a little more manageable, at least for me. So you can get along without a horse right off the bat. Yes. <laughs> Although you do have to go into Nariac, which to me is so confusing, I still get lost. Let's talk about our least favorite and most favorite for this episode. Okie dokie. Uh, Allie, what was your uh, least favorite thing? Uh, my least favorite thing, uh, this goes to when I rolled my Beast Lord. I found on the character creation screen, which I haven't seen for a while, I noticed that, and I decided to roll a free blood. So I was looking at the little thumbnail sketch, you know. Well, there's a thumbnail for the male free blood, but there's no thumbnail for the female free blood. Unless my game is bugged somehow, I saw no thumbnail. It was just an empty box. So what's up with that? Girls want to be free bloods too. Uh, that's uh, that's very odd. Don't know why that would be. I'm hoping it was just a bug, or something on my particular game that was screwed up. I don't know, but uh, let's hope it was just a mistake. So, Dell, did you have any least favorite thing this week? I did, and it is communication about outages. This past week we had another snafu out there on the internets, and everything was running fine for me. I got kicked to desktop. When I went to log back in, I couldn't. And it was very frustrating because I had to search high and low. Nothing on the SOE side was working. Uh, I had to go over and check Facebook. I had to check the SOE Facebook. Then I had to check the... I request to Facebook, 
and I had to scroll through people's individual posts and all this. Uh, I, I was very frustrated by the lack of communication about outages. There doesn't seem to be one central place where you can go like a support page that tells you everything's up or there is a known issue. Uh, and we're left to fend for ourselves. And this is not the first time this has happened. We've had some visible outages recently. And again, we as players are left to surf the web to try to figure out what's wrong. And I find that very frustrating. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Uh, I know what night you're talking about. I had trouble logging in. And I ended up calling a friend to notify my raid leader that I was going to be late because I couldn't log in. And that's when I found out that other people were having a problem, too. Uh, now, if I had spent some time, I'm sure if I had looked on Facebook, I would have found out somehow. But I don't know. It seems like Facebook shouldn't be the method of communication with your customer base. Yeah, I kind of agree. There needs to be a more central place where this stuff is maintained accurately. So what's your most favorite thing this week, Allie? So I found out you can, on the Collections tab, there's a little checkbox called Open on Loot. And if you check it, when you win a collection item in your inventory, it automatically opens your journal. And you can add it right away. This is extremely handy when you're in a group and you happen to win the role and you're in the middle of fighting because someone has picked up a shiny while you're fighting. And then you can just like that. you can just add it right away. And it also eliminates one of the pet peeves that I have of people who roll a shiny, roll on a shiny and win one twice because they forgot to add it to their collection. So if everybody would do that, we wouldn't have to have Allie get mad and say, well, you won that twice. Now we're going to have to re-roll on it. And nobody likes a mad Allie over a shiny. Especially now when she's going to log out right away. <laughs> Did you just immediately log out after that? Right. So did you have a favorite thing, Tal? I did, and it is the new EverQuest 2 player site that they demoed this past week during their webcast. I thought the uh, screenshots that they had of it looked fantastic. I liked the ability to do side-by-side comparisons so I can bring up other Templars and put them side-by-side with myself on the same screen and do that comparison to see how each of us looks in certain sets or what we've done or what we've accomplished in game. Uh, I thought the screenshots, although were tiny, looked great, and I'm very excited to see the new EQ2 players. But, can I caveat that with a huge but? Do you have a huge but? No, but I like them. I like big butts and I cannot lie. But, soon, when asked at the end when... The answer was, we don't know yet, but soon. But I got to tell you, that was a W.T. Frankfurter moment for me. I can't believe that they came on, did this awesome webcast, hyped this thing. I'm sitting there with my bucket of popcorn, all excited to hear that this will be live tomorrow at noon or it's launching Monday or whatever. But no, they don't even have a date for this thing yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that, stop teasing us. Don't bring it to us until you're ready to launch it. Uh, because let's be honest, SOE has had a track record of advertising things and then saying soon, and then soon turns into 6, 8, 12, 13, how many months later? I don't think that will happen here, but please, if you're going to advertise something like that, especially something that is slick and cool like this and something players have been 
waiting for on forever. pins and needles on it forever. Like you say, absolutely. Uh, to come up and go soon. Talk about a slap in the face, a kick to the groin. You know what I mean. It hurt. Yeah. Uh, I wish they wouldn't do that, but again, I thought it looked awesome, and that maybe is what frustrated me even more about it. It was, damn, I want that now, and I don't want to wait for soon. Especially since soon is so bogus. We heard soon. How long have we been hearing soon? Uh, It It just sounds like a lie. It sounds like garbage. I mean, come on. Stop it. it, It's it's, getting old. It's not cute and funny anymore. It's old. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to get mad all over your favorite. It's part of the SOE lexicon, and it needs to stop being that. Because all it does, I think, is frustrate players, especially when it's something so cool and something we want. Yeah, not cute anymore. So this episode, we have an alley angle. So, Alicious, are you ready for episode 40's alley angle? Wow, 40. Oh, I feel so old. But I'm ready. As you know, Allie, e-release day is upon us in-game, and that means flowers and candy. They say EQ2 is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So, Allie, what are three things that you never thought you would get but did? Did they say EQ2 is like a box of chocolates? They do say that. Wow. I thought I heard something different. Maybe I heard that in a movie somewhere. Well, my number three item is that you can now read your mail anywhere in the world. You can click on the little mail icon and you can read your mail immediately. I think that's kind of cool. I'm kind of confused why we're getting it now. I think it might have something to do with them giving us in-game polls and getting that working. Um, But I, I know people have wanted this read your mail in the world anywhere for a while. But, uh, okay, that's great. Glad we have it. Kind of surprising that here we are in 2012 getting that feature. But, okay, that's good. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I like it because there are times, and I'm sure you've had this experience, you're out adventuring, you're killing something, and up pops the mail icon. And because I don't get a whole heck of a lot of mail, it really excites me when I see it. (laughs) And then I rush all the way back to town, and I got to zone like four or five times, and... I get there, and then I open it, and it's like an order for a weapon. I'm like, Ugh. I ran all the way back for this? I thought it was going to be something awesome and cool. So being able to pop it open in the, out there in the adventure world and check it before I run back, I think is kind of cool, too. I agree. I like that one. Yeah. So my second thing is, uh, well, it's been almost a year and a half since this changed, but I am still, to this day, surprised that we can betray without any consequences. So I've decided I think Allie is going to have to betray to Freeport and back just to get all those new quests they put into Freeport. Uh, And quite frankly, at this point, I know it's probably cheating, but who cares? Because they are stealing quests from my completed journal. I have to make up for it somehow. Are you serious? You're really going to pack up and move out of Kinos? Uh, I didn't say pack up. I'm going to betray to Freeport, do all the quests, and then betray back. Okay. You can do that without moving. Did you know this? Yes, I did know that. I guess I was using the euphorism. But 
I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I almost want to call shenanigans. I well, thought you were a good bad. person, and now you're going all Freeport on me. You know what? I don't care. I have no. I have no ties anymore. I don't care anymore. Quite frankly, uh, uh, the game. I. I mean, uh, all of my completed quests could disappear from my journal tomorrow. So I need to live for today, Del. Carpe diem. Carpe Freeport. And then I'll come back. I promise. I'll come back. I just have to do it fast because I know when you're without a a city, it's kind of hard to raid. I I guess I can still be part of my guild, right? Uh, They're probably going to kick you out, too. No, no. I mean, uh, that doesn't, like, betraying doesn't have any effect on your being able to call to the guild hall. No, no, not at all. Okay, so I can still go there. I can still... Use all the guild hall amenities. I just can't go to Kinos. Yes, yes, and uh, you can't. You can't talk to me. Uh, you know, okay. The intense, I won't. Role play, the intense role play that I am. All right, uh, that's fine. We we ex- may have a hiatus from the podcast for a while, folks, because I, I I have gotten clearance to not talk to Dell anymore. That's awesome. Thank you. Wait, it's supposed to be punishment, not a gift. <laughs> Okay, let's move on, shall we? What was okay. number three? That was number... We already did number three. We're going to reverse. Oh, yes. the Your third. Uh, the number one was... We are coming up on the two-year anniversary of the stat revamp that was never published in the game update notes. Can you believe it? Has It's been two years. Wow, I, I am surprised by that. It, it seems like yesterday. It does. So we've had new stats... Right? For two years. What I'm surprised by is that we still haven't seen a cleanup of the Provisioner recipe book in two years. There are basically half the recipes in the Provisioner book are kind of useless. In fact, they're completely useless. And I'm shocked and surprised that we haven't seen any cleanup on this. So explain to me, Dell, in what scenario would someone want... Wisdom and strength, or agility and wisdom, or strength and intelligence on their food and drink. Uh, nobody would would use those that I can think of. There'd be no min max reason to use them. Like I guess you could say role player if they've got really cool names and icons. Uh, and certainly, I don't want to uh, be a defender or a fanboy in this. But I am sure the reason is well. It's not hurting anything that people have those recipes. Uh, it gives people something to make if they want it. Now, again, I don't know why you'd make it unless it was required by a writ. Uh, but and that may be another reason, too. If they take all those out, then you've got to revamp all the writs and make sure those still all work. Uh, and then provisioners are going to cry, you took all my recipes away. Granted, they weren't making them. Uh, so I would imagine that is so low priority and you know, kind of an annoyance more than anything, because there are there are provision recipes that are being used, the the uh, wisdom and stamina, or pure wisdom, or pure stamina type of things, or regen, right. or something like that. So those ones are being made and being used. The other ones are, well, now they're fluff, I guess you could call them. They but have no value in-game. Yeah, they have no value. They're half, literally half. I looked at the level 89 recipe book, for example. Okay. Sure. And out of the 16 recipes in that book, eight are totally useless anymore. So I I guess what I'm getting at here is 
yes, you are correct. It would affect too many things. And what is it hurting, right? It would affect Ritz. It would affect recipe count. And it would affect balance. But I guess this is what I'm getting at. Two years ago, we saw this change. And there are still things that it's affected that have not been modified or adjusted in any way. So we have this patchwork game that is seven years old plus with a bunch of patchwork pieces from all the various changes. Now we're going to have another change after the the re-itemization debacle. Now we're going to have to change more things when they take out Critmit. And they're probably going to have to repass again, which is going to screw up things even more. On top of things that are already screwed up. And there's no forethought about the domino effect that is going... No, I don't mean domino the the person. I mean the domino effect that takes that happens when you make one change. It has repercussions throughout the entire game. I guess that's my point here is that is that this wasn't thought about before they made this change. Or maybe it was thought about and it was just figured, you know, eh, who cares? That bothers me. That bothers me. It it really bothers me that we still have these pointless recipes, which if you're a new player, make no sense whatsoever and can be extremely confusing and red herring-ish. Yeah, and again, I'm certainly not defending them. All I can imagine is that when you put it on the priority chart of of how many FTEs it's going to take to fix that versus the return on it, it's, well, just leave it as is and we'll deal with that soon. Type of answer, right? Well, I guess that's not my problem, is it? No, it's not. But I'm, and I'm certainly not defending them. That's the only reason I can possibly give why it is still the way it is. It is just not worth the time and effort to deal with. Well, then I guess I feel like the change shouldn't have been made to begin with. If you can't fix the whole thing, then don't don't change part of it. Because it worked before. Everything was fine before. Everything was balanced before. And then we, we go willy-nilly doing things taking off arms and legs. Ah, I'm rage quitting. <laughs> Before you do, uh, just a quick review. So EQ2 is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So uh, it, your three things that you never thought you were going to get. Number uh, one was? Reading my mail anywhere in the world. Uh, number two was? Uh, betraying without any consequences. And your number one orange cream chocolate was? The lack of cleanup of the Provisioner Recipe Book, two years after the fact. All very interesting things, I think. So, was there anything else for this, the 40th episode of EQ2 Talk? No, I think the next time you hear us, we'll be over the hill. Well, first then, let's say thank you to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We certainly do hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, Let's also give a shout-out. Uh, to our corporate sponsor this week, Meow Mix. So good, cats ask for it by name. Check them out over at meowmix.com where you can read up on Original Choice or the Seafood Medley Alley. Seafood Medley? Yes, contains chicken, turkey, and ocean fish flavors. All making up the perfect mix of cat food. Meow. If you'd like to reach us, you can send us an email at ally at eq2talk.com. Or I'm Delmon at eq2talk.com. 
Or you can reach us in-game. I'm eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. And I'm eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. We also have an in-game chat channel you can join. That's eq2.unrest.eq2talk. You can also check us out over on Facebook. So that's facebook.com slash eq2talk. And if you use Twitter, you can also follow us there. Twitter.com slash EQ2Talk. We hope to see you all back here for episode number 41. And say goodnight, Allie. Goodnight, Allie. Hello, Bob and Poughkeepsie. Go ahead. You don't know what you don't know. I guess it's easy to confuse Allie. I'm shuffling papers. Every day I'm shuffling. Oh, don't, 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 don't. Master. I'm sorry, I just lotion, so it's a little noisy now. There are no such things as witches, ghosts, and snakes. There are such things as snakes. We see them in the zoo. There are such things as witches, ghosts, and snakes. We see them in the zoo. Never shot you yet. It sounds like sad, Delmon. I know. Or sad sprouts. Meow Mix comes in two varieties, original and seafood middles. A medley of mackerel, tuna, and crunchy centers bursting with seafood flavor. Meow Mix. Tastes so good, cats ask for it by name.